All right, perfect. Uh, welcome back to the Live Loud Life podcast, guys. Uh, my name is Dr. Antonio, your host, and today he, we are here with uh, Chris Johnson, who is the owner of Saris Fitness out here. Are you guys technically in Erie? Is this, this Erie? Is Frederick. Oh, it's Frederick. Yeah. Erie, Frederick area. But uh, I'm going to let Chris go ahead and introduce himself, um, and we're going to get in and talking a little bit about OCR racing and some of the things that he enjoys, enjoys doing and what they're doing here at their facility as far as training and whatnot so chris take it yeah. away uh let's see so uh founded cirrus in 2017 and uh recently in the last year we restructured um to incorporate and, and kind of uh make this facility possible um and uh our goal as a company has always been to get people to live a lifestyle of fitness um you know a healthy lifestyle and 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 ways to bring about that healthy lifestyle in a sustainable way so our, our business model has always been uh, creating exciting events, which obstacle races is what we became known for early on. And, um, and then putting a lot of things in between those events so that they always have something to work on, strive for, and, and stay engaged in fitness. What, what other events outside of OCR uh, have you guys done? Uh, we've done a lot. So, I mean, we've done things as small as a kickball and spikeball tournaments. Oh, and, cool. And, uh, <laughs> We have a series called Sears Forge, which is a, a small team-based event, and uh, we did one in Boulder right before the pandemic hit called uh, Forge Ascent, where they had the teams had to strategize how to gain the most elevation within four hours, and we had a bunch of like checkpoints along the way that they could gain more elevation. We did one called Key to the City, where we put them in the center of Denver, and we gave them a medal, and it had a bunch of holes bored out, and then uh -huh. we gave them a physical map, and they had to find a way to orient the metal on top of the map and hit every checkpoint before time expired in the city. Oh, that's awesome, man. I didn't know you. Did oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and then we just released our new series, uh, Cirrus Bricks, which we just completed our third event, uh, which is kind of CrossFit meets obstacle racing. Um, and, and it's divided into four sections, speed, strength, agility, and endurance. And, and they're each competed, uh, completed individually as time trials. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so we did that with, uh, individuals and then two person teams where you're each kind of dividing and conquering and four person teams. Do, do you, so I think, I think I'm, I'm trying to rephrase here. You guys have been best known for the OCR obstacle course racing. Is that what you, do you like being known most for that? Or is there, is, do you like, we have all this other stuff guys. Like do people, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get yeah. a feel. It sounds like, I mean, I knew you guys mostly from that and even talking mm -hmm. with you multiple times, I didn't know you guys did all that other stuff. Yeah, I think uh, it was a great way to put us on the map. And, you know, even with our facility, we have a lot of true OCR stuff. I think in the background you can see. Yeah. So hopefully if you guys are listening to this, go to YouTube and try to see the video. I'll try to do some B-roll footage of the actual facility as well over it. So you guys can get a get a glance and a feel of the facility. How, how big is it? You guys just opened this in the midst of the pandemic and everything else, which is crazy yeah. and cool. <laughs> um, uh, tell us a little bit about the facility and why did you structure it this way? Why did you set it up this way? Sure. Uh, so it's a 10,000 square foot facility and um, it's a very large open open format. And you can hear some people working out <laughs> in the background. Uh, very large and open. We wanted it to be a family feel. Um, and then we, we brought in a lot of the kind of the expensive equipment, you know, like the, the treadmills and stuff that we feel like are staples. And then um, we kind of partitioned it into zones. So we have a boxing zone to my right. We have an open AstroTurf to my left and then some really big rigs that you can lift off um, and do CrossFit style stuff off uh, traditional lifting as well as obstacle racing stuff. Um, so 
yeah, we kind of structured it so that there's never, it's not too big that, um, you can kind of go in and out and, and nobody knows who you are. Cause we, yeah, yeah. we really want the community feel, but it's also not too small where you can only have one thing going on at a time. And I think that's one of the things that studios and, and smaller CrossFits and, uh, they struggle with, you can only really have a class going on at a time and For the, sure. the rest of the gym shut down. So, so that's kind of how we came about this, the size of this place and, and designing it. And so you guys have classes here. Do you also have just like memberships where people can get a membership and come in whenever? Yeah. So there's always open training. And so we have different memberships where, um, you can just do open training or it's open training plus, um, an, an amount of classes. And so how long, when did, when did, uh, Cirrus, uh, it's, it's spelled differently, C-E-R-U-S. So it always yeah. just throws me off or whatever. It's Greek reason. mythology, man. Oh, wait, tell, so tell me the, tell me the back background behind why you chose it and what the name means for you guys. So there's obviously about a million fitness companies. And when we were looking at starting, we wanted it to be an original name uh-huh. that we could build original branding around. And so in Greek mythology, um, Taurus, you've heard of Taurus, yep, the bull, yep, that's yep. a constellation. So when he was on Earth causing trouble, he was Cirrus the bull. Oh. And then when he got cast up, because he basically was going around and kind of destroying cities and <laughs> and stuff, when he got cast up in the constellation, he became known as Taurus. But on Earth, he was Cirrus, and we did research, and there was there's like one other Cirrus company we could find in the entire world. Yeah. So and and the branding around the bull and stuff. Yeah, was gave us a unique opportunity, and it works well with fitness and strength and stuff. For sure, that's how we came about it. That is cool. I never knew that. And so, how long? When did Cirrus first come onto the map? When did you guys first start it? Well, I mean, I started in my basement in 2017, like every other business starts, right? Yeah. And then um, we did our first event. We launched as like an online workout website. Okay. I don't like looking at that old footage of you know, recordings of me doing exercises and <laughs> everybody starts somewhere. For sure, dude. That's uh, awesome though. And, uh, yeah. And then we designed, um, a workout sandbag. That was our first product. Um, and then, um, our first event or race was late in 2017 and, um, it was actually called the try love for orphans obstacle challenge <laughs> because okay. I partnered with a charity and we did it as a fundraiser Yeah, yeah. and that kind of, I guess gave us the appetite for hey, obstacle races are a really great way to show showcase your overall athletic ability and give you things to train for other than just running. You know, yeah, they're diverse, so that's kind of and that's how we started to be known for it. Because after that, the next year I released two races, Cirrus Rock and Cirrus Love, two obstacle races, and then we did two in 2019 as well, and then zero in 2020. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool, though, man. You you went right off the bat, just started doing the training, and then just went with the went with the with the first the first event and just rolled with it. Yeah, like right in that same year. Yeah, I mean, I think any new business needs to be able to adapt and and find opportunities, and we found a good one. There was, I mean, I think pretty quickly we were the only Northern Colorado obstacle race. Uh huh. So there was there was an opportunity there, and I think for me, I, I love kind of the creative, innovative side of fitness and yeah, yeah. so it gave me opportunities to think you know we're going to make this an obstacle and really showcase people's strength and things like that and so it was a great outlet and then I got connected with a lot of really great people who knew their stuff in obstacle racing and um yeah that was off to the races why why the sandbag first uh so our whole business model is focused on like a total lifestyle fitness so that's something you can do at home uh-huh in here at the facility 
um, and then to prepare you for basically a, anything you want to do with fitness, right? Hiking, obstacle racing. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, all of our products that we design from the ground up are meant to be products you wouldn't use anywhere other than like home or on the side of a mountain, stuff like that. Like our rucksack is like an adventure pack is what we call it. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of the first opportunity. And, and if you use a sandbag to train, you can do like 150 exercises. I think we've counted. Oh yeah. With like one, one tool. So, and, and, yeah. for, and one, what's nice too is like once you buy the bag, right. The, to, the implementing and filling it, it's super cheap and easy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think you spend like $3 on sand. Yeah. And so it was again, another opportunity where it's like, this fits really well with what we're trying to build. And we seized on it, worked with a developer locally on um prototypes and then we we're off to the race yeah we're coming back to ocr this year uh so i was actually on site yesterday at platte river fort resort in Greeley. so okay. we're coming back on june 5th to our cirrus ruck race um which is cool it was recognized as i think one of the top 100 races in the country hey. uh, which is a cool thing because you actually the com the competitive waves actually wear a weighted rucksack during it except for the obstacles so it's a pretty tough race five mile course and so yeah figuring out how that's going to work with covid yeah, yeah we had a pretty good plan and we worked with the facility um the platte river fort folks and so we have a, a plan in place that we could basically execute today if nothing changed with covid yeah, yeah. and so yeah that, that race is going to happen and then we'll be back in Greeley or LaSalle at fritzler farm park for our second ocr so we're back to races races which will be great and then um we released our sears bricks open just a couple of days ago. So that's an open month of um, competing to better yourself, basically. So it's something anybody can do. Um, so we'll release a speed, strength, agility, and endurance workout. Okay. And then they have a month to log their best time. So uh, they come in here, they they have a judge, and they, they do speed for the judge. The judge logs their time, and then the leaderboards keep getting updated throughout the month. At the end of the month, there's a cut. We mm -hmm. go down to the top two thirds and then two more workouts come out. Um, and then we cut down to a third and those third can enter the third remaining can enter into our championship that we're going to do this summer, which will be small, a small field of competitors and they're going to compete for, for three grand. Oh, dang. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool, man. What, what were you doing prior to 2017? Were you doing, were you doing training were you doing personal training or coaching and strength training before that as well? Yes. So I started as a personal trainer working with professional boxers for a long time. So I, I started by boxing myself and I lost like 75 pounds. And then um, I became a trainer, started working with pro uh, men, heavyweights, um, getting them ready for fights, strength and conditioning, got my certification, all that stuff. Um, and then I had the side hustle job up all the way until last October. Um, as a as a project manager, directing a, a team for project management at a software company. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. The the early on the survival of the personal trainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I was at a boxing gym called Front Range Boxing Academy out of Boulder for many years. They're very near and dear to my heart. And um, is that the one that's right off of Foothills? That yeah. like old brown yeah. looking. Yeah, building? the Quonset hut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Dave is a, a good personal friend of mine, and so I learned everything I know about boxing from him, and then. 
um, you know, learning to work with athletes and stuff, I brought something to kind of his training team that I could work with a lot of the athletes he was already working with. Yeah, that's awesome. Strength and conditioning. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. I knew you boxed from just seeing stuff yeah. over the years, but how that story developed is really cool. Yeah, that was the the boxing was a milestone for me. So coming out of college, I weighed like two hundred fifty pounds. Okay, and so I ended up. I ended up fighting at light heavyweight at 177 at the okay. end of my fitness journey, you know, yeah, yeah. getting to that point. And then the sustainability part, which is kind of what Cirrus is all about, really struck me of like, you know, it, it's one thing getting there. It's another thing living a life of fitness. You know this, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Especially uh, with uh, business and now kids, right? Yeah, yeah. And it became ingrained in my, you know my habits and stuff like i still do my boxing run routine to this day okay um and so what's what's that it's 5 a.m every day okay um i i have modified it slightly so i can train in the gym effectively in my 30s which is different than my young 20s. <laughs> but um it used to be three to five miles with about 10 to 15 hill sprints and that was how you started and then when i was competing it would be about two to three hours in the gym then getting ready um you know technique and then also conditioning yeah so i kept the running part of it i dialed it down uh to base training so i run pretty slow in the morning so that i can come in here and do hits and stuff yeah but, get after it a little bit more yeah so i run like 12 1300 miles a year and that's kind of been the norm for the last 12 years 13 years what what do you want uh aside from the kind of mission statement and everything that you guys that you that you shared what do you really want serious to be known for i think just impacting people's lives in a positive way and creating a, a powerful community um that has the ability to like make meaningful change in people's lives so um you know our mission statement is to impact a hundred thousand people's lives through fitness and i think the the most powerful thing you can do is building a community around that so you, you bring in a lot of people who are either disenfranchised they feel like you know, I could never be as fit as that person. And then yeah, you yeah. bring them alongside people who've lived this lifestyle of fitness and you make make them understand kind of how that how that works. And, and, oh, okay, so instead of just sharing a beer, we're going to work out first and stuff. And that becomes kind of ingrained in you. And so doing that at scale, I think, is kind of our mission. And this is the, the first step. That's awesome, man. Uh, so just looking at looking at all the cool stuff that you got, obviously there's a lot that is very specific for training for, mm -hmm. you know, not, I'll say this a different way. The equipment's not there to train in like a specific way because what you guys are doing is obviously a lot of different stuff because mm -hmm. you want a dynamic athlete. What do you think a lot of people are missing from their general training and, and no goals aside, right? Cause you know, Everyone's got specific goals, so it'd be obviously beneficial to be very specific. But from just kind of a GPP platform, yeah, you know, coming off a couple other conversations we have, like you know, some people run. Mm -hmm. Is it just a lack of diversity? I would say diversity. Okay. Yeah, I think you know, I, I work, I work with uh, some pro athletes who are really phenomenal athletes, and find out that many of them did very little strength training, for example, and understanding the benefits of strength training. You know, working with a barbell is something maybe a little bit intimidating to start with, and um, and I, the same thing, some of the boxers that have come in here that I've worked with early on, there's, uh, there are a lot of things, um, like in boxing, there's an old school mentality of like, if you're ever going to have to lose weight, you should never lift weights. And so breaking through that, yeah, that's, that used to exist. They also used to eat full steaks before they would fight too. And, you know, bring all that blood in your gut. But I think the general lack of diversity, which is kind of like, we offer 47 classes a week now. 
And I think, you know, I see that everybody's drawn to like one specific thing and they want to get in something that they're comfortable with because being uncomfortable sucks. Right. And so I think you see so many people who come from different backgrounds and they're, they're opposed to trying something new and different. You know, I have people who come from CrossFit and they want to do CrossFit and then, you know, we give them an opportunity to try something different, like our strength class or our stamina class. And they're like, whoa, this is something I haven't done before. And it is actually beneficial to me beyond just my, my standard CrossFit workout. And so I think everybody gets comfortable and, and getting them in a place where they're uncomfortable is really beneficial to their overall fitness journey and making them a well-rounded athlete and expose them to things that they didn't know they might have even liked, you know? So how do you, how do you guys approach your programming then to encompass that? Do you, do you have cycles? Do the cycles spin off and kind of pair or, or bounce off of each other? I.e., you know, we're coming into this cycle and this cycle is then going to prepare you for the next cycle. Or is it more just not that I'm saying everything is just varied and just random, right? How, how do you guys kind of take that approach in with your programming to make sure that we are getting all the diversity possible? That's a great question. So for every class, it's different, but let's uh, hit is our most popular class. So I focus on that. Uh, so for hit, we have basically a series of benchmarks and we do one of those benchmarks um, every Monday. And so they can come back and we cycle through that whole thing every three months so they can come back and compare their progress um, specific to these hit workouts. So some of them are kind of repurposed CrossFit. Some of them are workouts that we just know kick your butt and give you a good understanding where you're at physically. And then um, all of the workouts are different, constantly varied, but will include uh, common themes. So something like every workout is going to be barbell based for the next couple of weeks. Um, and then always like the benchmark thing was a big deal for us. And it wasn't something we had day one. We kind of pivoted into it um, so that you can really always understand that you've progressed from A to B to, to where you are now. Uh, and all of the tracks are that way, but they're, they're different. I mean, like when I do our boxing class, it's different because we're developing skill as well as fitness. And so for that, there's a constant layering of you knew how to move in the correct stance. And now we're going to teach you how to do this with this punch. And so, but that's how kind of all the workout tracks work. Do you think, uh, I'm just thinking from like uh, uh, the, the clientele and the population and the patients that we see, right? How much of it is maybe more of a lack of skill acquisition than actual like strength? Like I see a lot of people, they're, they're actually really strong in their, their maybe capacity or their endurance or their aerobic training mm -hmm. is decent. Obviously everything can be improved, right? But you just see a lot of, you just see a lot of gaps in just the sheer amount of skill acquisition or movement capabilities that a, that a lot of people have. Yeah. And, and so how, how much of that do you see? Do you, is that, is that like a, a obviously, you know, we're not saying the gym is not caring about how you move. Mm -hmm. Right. But, uh, how much of, how much of that do you just think really affects people? Or do you think it's more people actually do move well? They just don't push themselves hard enough. That's a great question. I, I think, Skill acquisition, like you said, is a big deal. And I think a company that's done well with that is CrossFit because they, they spend a lot of time teaching like correct form and stuff. And I think as long as you can kind of instill in everybody that, hey, there's no shame in not knowing how to do this correctly. We're going to spend time, even if you've done this 100 times, learning how to do this new move and then keep introducing new moves. Um, I think that kind of forces them to learn. Um, and again, it's doing something uncomfortable and nobody wants to be the one to raise their hand and say, I have no idea how to do a hang clean. Right. And then, so their tendency, right. Is to just pick up the bar and do it wrong and jack up their back or 
um, or stay away from any workout that might have them do something uncomfortable. So we do at the beginning. So we normally start with like a, a warm up sequence and then there's usually some skill based thing. So, Hey, you're going to see a lot of these movements. We're going to go through correct form, make sure you don't mess yourself up and everybody's doing it. We don't really care where you're at. And, um, you know, I think one of those things we don't require that people have a certain level of skill to take our classes. So there's always this base level instruction in all of our classes. That that's good because that was going to be one of my other questions. Like, can can anyone come in if they've never lift before? Can anyone come in and just do the classes? It's it's obviously the coach is going to be able to modify and do it. Or do mm -hmm. you guys have like like intro to lifting on ramp kind of programs or classes? No, we don't have that the type of on ramp thing. And so what we do is we don't we don't introduce a ton of technical stuff at once. So it'll be a couple of new movements that are in the workout and they're part of it and they're utilized throughout. Um, and then we teach everybody at the same place because I, I've found that when you do those intro type classes, it's a, it's a barrier to entry for me, for what I've seen from my experience with other gyms, they go, well, I don't want to be kind of in the, you know, in the, the ones who are not ready to work out with everybody else group. Yeah. The, the newbies. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be a newbie, but I feel like I'm kind of <laughs> right. Or, you know, they, Oh, I think I know enough. I don't, I shouldn't be going through a class yeah. like this. Right. And a lot of gyms will require you yep. do that. Yep. So the way that we handled it is just basically it's on us and our trainers to make sure everybody is correctly um, informed on how to do the the important moves. So there's always a technique review, as there should be, I hope, at every other gym. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious just because, you know, I'm biased and as a, as a coach myself, if yeah. I'm doing some online program or someone like I'm, I'm biased towards a couple movements. What are what are some of the movements that you guys are biased towards that you're that oh, you're doing good. a lot of at the gym or that you find just maybe indirectly? Dang, we program this a lot. We're like, yeah. well, it's good. We like it. It's good. And people it gets people fit. That's a really great question. I think we go through um, waves, you know, where we find ourselves doing the same move like for a couple of weeks and we'll go, holy cow, we've done a lot of deadlifts lately. Deadlifts has been one here. Like we did a deadlift ladder earlier this week. Um, we had deadlifts in our Sears Bricks Open, which required 30 reps. Uh, so a lot of deads. Um, thrusters are kind of making a recent move, unfortunately. I, I hate thrusters um, in a good way. And wall balls too. Oh, the same type of move. Uh, but yeah, it comes in waves. What's yours? I mean, I'm partially just because where my training's at, it's usually always kettlebell. So mine are kettlebell okay. cleans and kettlebell snatches. Okay. I do those a lot. Yeah. But just bias personally, like, you know, I'm like, I hit everything when I do those two things. Yeah, it's true. I don't do enough squatting. My chicken legs show that. I don't, I don't either. I don't do enough squatting. Uh, that is, and that's one of those things, like for me, I know like my body is built to pull mm -hmm. for deadlifts and, and all that stuff. I, I go really well. And this is, again, I'm, I'm being completely you know you know cherry picking here is just i yeah. know i'm good for that and i know i need to do more of the other stuff yeah i think it helps that we have different trainers too who are programming their own stuff because you know somebody like rich our head trainer he's always putting in moves that i hate to do and would <laughs> never program myself and then i put in things that he would hate to do yeah as revenge and also because i'm better at, at them because he avoids them so yeah yeah so we there's that that aspect to it and and it's good though because like i think uh, i mean one of the hardest things about programming and training right is not doing too many different things that's 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 the tough part is everyone's like well i want everything to be always just varied and different so that it's always but like progress comes from repetitions of yeah. doing the exact same thing oftentimes over and over yeah i think that's what we use a, a program called sugar wad here 
don't know if you ever heard of it, but basically if you're consistently logging your workouts, you can actually benchmark all of your progress. So like on every lift. And for me, it's super valuable because I'll go back. Um, I usually do after my run in the morning, I come in and do like two barbell lifts and I can, you know, even if it's been a week, I can see exactly where I was at. And then, you know, try to, like you said, master that thing so that you're not just basically bouncing around from thing to thing. And I have no idea. I haven't done a hang clean in, in six months. I don't know what I'm doing. What weight am I? Stuff like that. So I think there's a, a due diligence side to that. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's, that's a good point. Um, this has been awesome, man. I, I love the facility. I love what you guys are doing. I, I mean, I'm, you guys can probably see if you're watching, I'm peeking around in the background just to get a sense of what the class is. Um, what, um, what, what's one thing that maybe we didn't talk about that you want to share? If not, that's fine. We'll kind of wrap up and see, see if there's anything else we missed about what you guys are doing, what you're hoping to do, what people should know about you if they want to come check it out. I, you know, I can't think of anything we didn't, we didn't cover in terms of content. I think, uh, I would just reiterate that what we're trying to do, which other companies are trying to do as well is something that all people are welcome to. And so I think one thing that I talk with a lot of our newer people about is there's an intimidation factor to joining yeah. any place yeah, and yeah. starting anything new. And, and I know that it's, it's scary and try to take that plunge in that first step. And usually in most of the communities you'll walk into, you'll be amazed at how welcome and open those people are and, and, you know, make new friends. So, you know, be emboldened, try something new and join, join some people and, you know, join that lifestyle of fitness. That's what we're passionate about here. Yeah. And you know, it's in just like with anything, right. It's finding, it's finding the people, it's finding the communities, finding the coaches that you just jive with. Like I've been to a number of different gyms. Some were good, some were bad and some of them were great. You just didn't, you know, maybe for you. fill yeah. it out. But the only way you know is if you come, but you got to yeah. give it an honest chance too. Cause I think a lot of people, they come in and there's like, ah, you know, I didn't like that first one. I was like, it was one time. Yeah. It's like one workout. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I didn't see progress. Well, like, well, how much, how much time did you actually spend? I saw this actually really, it's, I don't know why it just uh, came into mind um, uh, this this uh, meme or post on Instagram today, and someone it basically was saying like before oh, how did it go? It was something about checking your attendance before you judge your progress, right? I like that, and it was really good because one of the things that I've been focusing on, one of the themes for myself personally this year, is accountability mm -hmm. and just going through the process. And you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm still holding on to a little bit of this Christmas weight or whatever it is, um, but <laughs> I'm too. like. Check, check my attendance, right? I'm like, well, you know, between all the stuff and kids and everything else, like I'm snacking cookies and I'm doing this yeah, stuff, right? Which is, for me. yeah, which is, which is okay. Like I'm not being like super harsh on myself about it or judging it, but I was like, how's my attendance been? How's my attendance been in my training? Cause like I, I would honestly say 90% of my diets, like it's, it's pretty on point. It's the snacks, like, you know, families and kids is always a snack. Yeah. But for me, it's actually the training side that's been more challenging to get in, to be honest. And that's that's why I do the kettlebells because it's quick and easy, but I, I'm not getting in as much as I, as I should be getting in for the quote unquote goals, the realistic goals that I want to, which is fine. But I had to check my attendance. Like attendance is, isn't where it's at. So I can't, I can't say I'm unhappy about the progress. Yeah. You can't judge if it's working or not, if you're not doing it consistently. Exactly. Yeah, and I that's, like that. and that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And you know, for so many people, like you said, it's a little bit intimidating, but th that's, th it's not supposed to be easy. Mm -hmm. We want you to like it. We don't want you to be like, it's like a struggle each time, but you got to find something that allows you to show up every time. Yeah. And I think don't like, if you've already identified that you need to do it, I, I say this all the time to our, our people, like 
you should start now or you should have already started. If you've already identified, you know, all the people we in in the industry, we know in you know, New Year's resolution. Yeah, yeah. Why are you waiting? Why oh, are you dude, waiting? I'm so bad at that. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm a Monday, right. Monday, end of the right. week, Monday. Right. One more weekend, I'm going to eat this whole, and I do this too, actually, with food. I'm going to eat all this stuff, but on Monday, I'm going to get serious about eating, right? right? And the same thing for fitness. Like people are like, at the end of the month, that's when I'll start. Like what? Why are you going to dig your hole deeper before you get started? You know, yeah. if you've identified it, it's time to start now is how I view it. See, o- o- owners and trainers, we're human too. Yeah. <laughs> we go through the exact same struggles. A lot of times people just assume like we have all this extra time or we, because we know it's, it's easier for us to do no. and it's easier for us to make it possible. It's no, not necessarily it's, true. Right? I beg my wife, Jamie, to stop letting the kids eat the stuff they eat because I come home and I've been here for like 12, 13 hours and there's a box of cheese that's out. I have no self-control. Uh, yeah. I have none. But that's, but you know, we all go through those. It's, it, you know, we're, we're tired or we're busy. It's, it's the simple carbs. And so, you know, again, we're saying like, give yourself a little grace, but it's, it's easy. We all know, we all know mm-hmm. what's, what's right or wrong. And I think what's really good too, is there's a book I'm reading right now, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Okay. And one of the, one of the lines he has in there, as he was going through his process of creating habits, becoming healthier, is just asking himself, right? Is this, is this a decision a healthy person would make? I like that. And, but you know, there's, there's gray area to that Mm because it's not black and white. A lot of times people assume like, no, I need to be strict on it. Like I cannot eat this. Like it depends. Like if you want six pack abs, a healthy decision for that would probably not be eating sugar for the 99% of the time. Right. Right. That 1% where you're, if you want to call it a cheat meal, you know, whatever that is, it's okay to have it. It's okay to have it. But then you also have to assume, okay, well, I'm not getting the results. On my self-audit process of my choices, this is probably why. But most of us don't want to do that self-audit process because you don't, you know, yeah, you, you know the answer. Yeah, you face the hard truth. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, we have a, a pro athlete and trainer comes out here, Rhea Coble. She's a world champion, ultra uh, OCR racer, and she's a phenomenal athlete. And she's made a point of telling everybody recently how she eats pizza. And she eats the things that she wants to, and she gives herself a little bit of grace. Obviously, her nutrition and stuff is on point. Yeah. But she does give herself a little bit of wiggle room. You know, she's going to eat the things that she wants to eat sometimes, and she gives herself a little bit of grace in that regard. So I think, like you said, we're trainers and we live this life as a profession, but, you know, we all have the same struggle and we all, you know, we've all ate the ice cream for me that we shouldn't have. And then we're still fine. We're back at it the next day. And I think a lot of people who don't live in that life, when they make the first couple of mistakes, that's when they just stop, right? They're discouraged and they're like, well, I screwed up. So I'm done. You know? Oh yeah. They're just, they're just so harsh. And it comes to any point in life too, right? Like for us and our business and making content and trying to make all these big things, we're just like, ah, dang, man, I didn't do that. I needed to do that, that, and that. And, you know, it's just, it's just, I'm not balanced. It's just the priorities and just understanding that like in some like parents during, during the pandemic, like, like luckily for us, we were super grateful that the way our profession is and our jobs, that it was okay that our kids were at home. But mm-hmm. like, we have so many parents and people that both worked and they're working from home now and the kids are doing homeschool. I'm like, you got to give yourself a break. Like you're like, this will be explicit, explicit, explicit episode because of this, but like your shit hit the fan and you know, there's not much you can do. You can try to organize as best as possible, but the priorities change like that overnight. I heard a really great saying and it was that we're all juggling a lot of balls and they're all in the air right now, but you need to know the difference that some of them are rubber and some of them are, you know, 
plastic or ceramic. And the, the point being that some of the balls you can let drop and it's not the end of the world and you can pick it back up later. And there are the ultimately the ones that you can't, right? Like keeping your kids alive. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Doing That's... the basic things. And I think of that when I get overwhelmed and I have a million things to do. I go, okay, the balls that are in the air right now, I'm going to catch the ones that I ultimately have to. And some things are going to slip through and I'm going to have to pick them up the next day and get them back in the air. But it gives you that wiggle room to, okay, I can screw up on a couple of things. I can't hit 10 for 10. Yeah, for sure, man. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, just uh, – I don't know if you heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of I'm his. I'm a fan of him. Yeah. And his big thing is just context and perspective, right? And I think that sums it up so well, right? He's like, hey, at this moment in time, I got two balls falling at the same time and I got one in my hand already. Mm-hmm. Which one do I need to catch? And it's, you know, and he even says, like, it's okay for you to not pay attention to your kid if you're doing something, right? Mm-hmm. If that happens every now and then, like, it might be important or it might not be. But, you know, at a certain point, if you're doing that so much, you're letting one ball bounce, 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 and you don't catch it, it might eventually stop bouncing and then it's forgotten. Yeah. So it, it's all about perspective and context on what you can get in and weighing those out, which I love that ex- ball example, by the way, that's really good. And just knowing that you can't catch them all, all the time and you can't be perfect all the time. Yeah. But but globally, if you're eating more veggies, if you're eating food, <laughs> right. right, if you're sleeping well and you're drinking water, you'll do all right. If you're doing the right thing most of the time, you're going to progress the way you want, right? Exactly. If there's some element of consistency. Dude, I love that ball example. That was yeah. really good. Use it. I will. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, well, this has been great, man. Uh, I love the little riff at the end. I think that was super, super valuable and I loved where it went. Um, I don't have any other questions. If you don't want anything to add, we can kind of wrap it up on that. All right. That sounds good, man. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for tuning in guys. Live loud life podcast. Uh, I will put in the show notes, uh, all the information about serious fitness, uh, where you can, uh, what's the best place for people to connect with you? Is it to the website? Our website. SeriousFitness.com. SeriousFitness.com. You can buy equipment there. So if you're, if you're, uh, uh, if you don't have your home gym set up yet, they got some good stuff that you can do. So, good stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks All for right, having man. me. Of course. Bye.